Hi everyone, it is now 5 p.m. on this Wednesday evening in Kingston, and you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM, www.cfrc.ca. Welcome to this week's segment of Today in YGK with me, your host, Alexandra Fernandez. Today in YGK brings you need-to-know news about what's going on right here in our beautiful city of Kingston. From current news, special segments, and interviews with some amazing guests, I'm sure you'll find something of interest that gets you to tune in. If you have any news to share, be sure to contact me via email at news at cfrc.ca. So without further ado, let's get right into it. I hope you enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone. It is 5 p.m. on Wednesday, January 27, 2021, and I hope that you're having a great day so far. I hope that your week is going well. Yesterday was an incredibly snowy day. Um, It really came down on us in the afternoon, um, and the snow lasted pretty much overnight, um, but we have the sun back today, which is great, and for the rest of the week and the weekend as well. It is going to be quite cold this weekend. It is going down to negative 18, negative 17 on the low end, which is kind of crazy to think about. You know, it's been a while since we've kind of had that without the real feel. Usually it's about over the last two weeks, I'd say it's been about negative 11, negative 12 with the real feel of negative 17. So when you're going to go outside, it's probably going to be a little bit colder, probably past negative 20. So just remember to bundle up um, if you're headed out and whatnot. Um, I also hope that you're staying safe as we know There was a case of the COVID-19 variant found in the KFLNA region announced on Monday, two days ago, um, from one person, but our case count is relatively low um, compared to, you know, what it was kind of at, let's say, a month, a month and a half ago. Um, But just remember during this lockdown to stay safe, practice hand hygiene as always, wear your mask, um, limit non-essential travel, only be in close proximity with those that you live with. Um, and to keep your distance from others, um, not just in general, but also when you're at the grocery store, things like that, um, just be wary and try your best to keep yourself and your community safe during this time. I know that things have been tough, um, you know, being trapped inside, especially with the weather, um, you know, seasonal moods and whatnot, um, but I have some good news for you folks. We have an awesome interview today with Shannon Brown from the Agnes Etherington Art Center, and we are going to talk with her about all the amazing programming that the Agnes does for Queen's University, the greater Kingston community at that, Um, and I guess since everything's ritual, it could be all over the world too, which is really awesome, and she'll speak more to that, Um, but without rambling too much, um, let's get right into it. So I would like to welcome Shannon Brown of the Agnes Etherington Art Center to our virtual studio of CFRC 101.9 FM. Before we get into it, Shannon, would you mind um, introducing yourself for us and telling us a little bit about your role at the Agnes, please? Absolutely. So my name is Shannon Brown. I'm the program coordinator at Agnes Etherington Art Center. I've been there for just over three years. And uh, I manage all the public engagement programs. So that's everything from our studio classes, our art and wellness programming, any events that we put on, lectures, uh, special guest speakers, and um, partnership programming as well that we do with community. And uh, I help support um, also some of the work that we do with the academic community at Queen's as well. Awesome, sounds great. 
Um, and um, as we know, the Agnes is, um, you know, such an icon for not only Queens, but the greater Kingston community too. And um, you folks have been providing amazing programming, even in the middle of this pandemic. Um, and one of the programs that um, you have is the Art the art hive at Agnes. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about this free program, what it sort of entails, um, and yeah. Sure, I would love to chat a bit about that. And thank you for acknowledging um, how Agnes has connected into the Kingston community. Um, Agnes actually donated her home, Agnes Etherington, to Queen's University to further the cause of art and community. And that was back in the 1930s when she started talking about this. So I would say that connecting Agnes and Archive is really important because some of the foundations of the Archive program is that it's free, it's accessible, it's a safe space, and this is a, a program that is actually led by an art therapist. So as you can imagine, this is the type of programming where people can come in, make art, and also just really feel into the process. And, um, you know, it can be very vulnerable when you open up your home to a camera and, mm -hmm. and a bunch of people that maybe you don't know. So we're really creating community, which is really the foundation of the spirit of Agnes. Yeah, for sure. It seems like a really great event and I always see it um, online and stuff and I myself have always wanted to go um, and check it out for sure. Yeah. We would love to have you. Um, <laughs> and it's on Thursday nights. Uh, it starts at four o'clock and goes to 530. And we'll be continuing um, the program all the way into uh, March. March 18th is our last program and then we'll start another one up. So um, it's also for basically for all ages, although we don't get a lot of children in our hive, it's usually more 18 and up, but mm -hmm. sometimes a grandparent will bring their grandchild and that's always nice too. Yeah, for sure, that's great. Um, yeah, and obviously this is not the only program that the Agnes offers. There is also, um, I saw in the newsletter that there's the Deep Looking exhibitions happening um, once a month on Tuesdays, um, and the dates are listed on the website, um, and it includes really interesting exhibits that people can check out virtually. So can you tell us a little bit about this as well and why people should be interested in it? Yeah, sure. Um, Deep Looking is a really interesting program in that um, there's research which says um, people will not take a long time to look at art in general. When they go into a museum, people take anywhere from eight seconds to 20 seconds to look at an artwork. And so we really flip the table here and we encourage people to sit in front of a piece of artwork for up to five minutes. And when you do that, it's a really beautiful experience where you're, um, you're almost... Uh, relaxing and meditating into the, the, the experience of taking that into yourself. And then we share about our, our experience. We share what happened in those five minutes. And people will um, describe what they saw. They'll describe how it made them feel. And sometimes we even get into a sensory experience. You know, people will imagine what they can smell when they look at the piece or what they might hear. So it's this beautiful experience of relaxation, um, deep contemplation. And often people will feel very emotional at the end. And that's kind of a part of this art and wellness process. When we put ourselves in these vulnerable places together, um, we can really share deep healing. So Art Hive is a healing experience. Um, it's a wellness experience. Deep looking is also a very strong wellness experience. And you know, this really focuses us on 
this idea of Agnes being a place of radical hospitality. You know, we are so thrilled that people are inviting us into their homes. Mm -hmm. And as we know nowadays with lockdown, the living room is like an office, the kitchen is like an archive, and people's bedrooms are like a classroom. So mm -hmm. um, we're bringing our home into your home, and you're bringing your home into our home. So um, again, it's this beautiful experience of, of hospitality that we're really thrilled to be part of. Mm -hmm. For sure. It definitely sounds like it. Um, and that's like such a like very nice way of putting it for sure. Um, definitely of entry. Yeah. Um, and even more programming happening besides, um, you know, this amazing um, exhibit. Um, there's also like the speaker series, um, which is called Digital Agnes, I believe. And um, it's a really great opportunity for people to hear some really interesting talks. You know, there's topics about First Nations creativity, um, reconciliation, and um, other things as well. So many different options. And what would these talks look like for folks who would be interested in attending them? And what can they sort of expect from the speaker series? Yeah, well, um, the speaker series was live in October and we were able to record all of them. So they're very accessible. We have closed captioning. We have uh, transcripts that you can download. And okay. over the month of October, we had um, nine speakers come in and they were speaking on different topics. As you said, you mentioned indigenous spirituality, um, cultural knowledge, language, um, and First Nations creativity. Um, that was one of our talks with JP Longboat, who's a storyteller, a multidisciplinary artist, and we'll be working with JP um, this year as well on some really interesting programming. Uh, we also brought in an international speaker, actually, a woman named Savneet Talwar, and her talk was called Crafting Empathy Stitch by Stitch. And she really talks a lot about the, the foundations of art as activism, you know, looking at the quilts that people made during the AIDS crisis to bring awareness to, to AIDS. And so this connection of art as a voice for people to hear, um, we can only shout so loud, but when we bring art into this experience of, of social justice, um, it gives somebody, it gives people something to look at, something to, that helps them to think more deeply about the world around them. We also had the woman who started Art Hive, her name is Janice Timbatos, and her presentation was called um, Fostering Online Networks of Care and Connection. Again, this idea of caring and hospitality being so um, integral to what has to happen right now during the pandemic. Um, there's so much isolation, so much loneliness that mm -hmm. we want to be there to help bring people in to um, be part of a community because all of our voices are important. Um, we also interviewed Stephen Legary, who's the first ever art therapist hired full-time by an art museum, and that's in Montreal at the Musée de Beaux-Arts. So he talked about, um, one thing that really stood out for me was uh, he talked about um, therapeutic architecture, which is really interesting, creating hmm. spaces, yeah, right? So spaces where people feel good and can relax and heal whilst yeah, being surrounded by beautiful architecture. So this is, things are changing so much. And, you know, we're rebuilding um, the Agnes, uh, this process, we're calling it Agnes Reimagined. So we're reimagining our connection to community. We're reimagining who, um, we're bringing the story of Agnes out into the world so that we can connect Kingston and Queens and then Agnes and the national and international audience. 
So back to the, the, um, the speaker series, I've, I'll just wrap it up by saying we have a phenomenal um, list of amazing presenters. So if you go on our website onto Digital Agnes and look up the Art and Wellness Speaker Series, there's four two-hour um, talks, but they are just so beautiful. And um, I would really, really recommend that if you have some time, just sit back, relax, de-link from, from the online and just get back into learning and healing. Yeah, for sure. Those sound really, really, really great um, conversations to have for sure. Um, and, you know, for people who may be feeling perhaps like intimidated, um, you know, to kind of like venture out into something maybe out of their comfort zone by doing like an art hive or, you know, doing this deep looking exhibitions where it is like a lot more a lot more to do and more interactive for them for sure. Um, is there any like advice you would give to someone who's maybe a little bit on a little bit hesitant about these things? Um, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, well, in terms of the Art Hive, we've had over a thousand participants come into Art Hive and I would say 80% of those people are not artists necessarily. <laughs> they don't consider themselves artists. Uh, we've had students from engineering, from the faculty of law, uh, medical students, um, computer engineering students, um, and they all say the same thing, that it was a place for them to think differently about their own creativity and also just to, to be in a bubble of serenity. Um, so, you know, if you've never really seen yourself as an artist, this is a perfect place to start because creativity is in all of us. I truly believe that we all are artists of our own worlds. Mm -hmm. And it, even if you don't paint, um, you may have a, a budding songwriter or a singer or a dancer or, um, you know, think about how you cook or how you dress. Um, it's all creativity and we are born creative. So I encourage people to just try it out. You can always turn your camera off if you don't want to be seen. You can always just sit and watch if, if you'd like. But really, it, the beauty comes when you participate and when you join in with the other community members. And again, it's free, it's accessible, it's um, online, um, it's led by an art therapist. It's a very gentle process. And uh, we use themes such as, um, uh, let's see, uh, let's say transformation is a theme that we will look at, or we'll look at um, themes of growth, mm -hmm. or we'll look at just different wellness themes. So each art activity, you can kind of connect it to your own life. Um, sometimes we talk about stress, and you know, we're living in a very stressful time right now. There's lots of anxiety in the world, and we are so lucky to be able to just offer these programs to our community, and we really do want to invite you to join us. Mm -hmm, for sure. Thank you. Um, and, you know, with these events, how can people sign up for them and register? Sure. So um, the reason we need you to register is so that we can send you a Zoom link. Um, but you just go to our website and look under um, participate. And when you see participate, you just click through and you can find either deep looking or um, archive. Uh, and then also with the um, art and wellness speaker series, you can just go to our Digital Agnes page and all of the videos are there. And as I mentioned, they have transcripts, closed captioning, um, and they're really, really accessible videos. The speakers are really engaging. And uh, we, honestly, it was such a thrill for us. We saw people there from New York City, from Texas, from wow. Singapore, 
from um, Germany, from England. There were people from all over the world that joined us for the speaker series. And, wow. and uh, it was thrilling because some of the speakers are, are from Kingston. Some of the speakers, such as Alison Moorhead, is an associate professor of art history and cultural studies at Queens. Um, also Max Montalvo, who is a doctor at the KGH and also a uh, professor at Queens. Um, so we, we had people from all over that were speaking and we had a lot of people from all over the world who came to join us. So it really shows that um, people all around the world are really looking at art and wellness as an important um, process that's happening. We, we feel that art is transformational and to be a part of this movement, um, we just wanna ask everyone and invite you to join us in this really wonderful time of transformation. Yeah, of course. Oh, that was great. Um, and is there anything that you would like to add before we end off? Um, I just want to say thank you for, for welcoming me to speak with you today. And uh, we look forward to welcoming you all to Agnes Etherington Art Center. And stay tuned because Agnes Reimagined is happening. And uh, we really are, are focusing on a culture of care and, um, and centering our vision visitors as so important in the art experience, Agnes. Mm -hmm, for sure. Thank you so much, Shannon. I really appreciate this conversation that we had. It's really nice to meet you, Alexandra. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Yes, I would absolutely love that. I myself am thinking of checking out the Art Hive folks, um, and you should too. It sounds like a really amazing event, very inspiring, and something really interesting to check out during this time, especially as we all kind of are going through winter together, going through this time of isolation together. Um, and it can be a great way to meet new folks, um, try something new, kind of get out of your comfort zone a little bit. Um, and like Shannon said, it's not very intimidating because she said about 80% of people who attend these events, um, and Art Hive especially, don't really consider themselves artists. Um, but what you can do if you would like to register for these events is you can go to the Agnes website, which is agnes.queensu.ca, and you can find their different events happening and register, which is really great. Like she said, Virtual Art Hive is Thursdays from 4 to 5.30 p.m. until March 18th. And then you can also check out the Digital Agnes as well as the exhibitions that they're doing virtually, which is super cool. Moving on from this, yesterday on Tuesday, January 26th, the Federal Economic Development Agency for Southern Ontario, FedEV Ontario, announced some very exciting news for the city of Kingston as well as other institutions in Kingston. MP Kate Young, who is the Parliamentary Secretary to the Minister of Economic Development and Official Languages for FedEV Ontario, announced that the government will be giving $3 million to support the process of health innovation in Kingston, which is really amazing because not only are the city of Kingston as well as these other organizations getting this money, they are also going to be providing 100 jobs, which is phenomenal for the city of Kingston. The city will partner with institutions like Queen's University, St. Lawrence College, Green Centre Canada, the Kingston Health Sciences Centre and the Kingston Economic Development Corporation to improve health innovation and create this hub in the region which is really awesome. They will support new investment opportunities, provide business advisory support in order for businesses to scale up. This 
donation or grant rather will result in 100 skilled jobs will allow 37 businesses to grow and scale up and commercialize um, 10 health innovations this will also help in diversifying the kingston economy securing securing leader and innovate technologies and it is also crucial because health is of course the first priority of canadians and these investments will ensure not only the health of our canadians but also ensure that the economy comes back stronger than ever during this very unprecedented time in presence we also had mary brian patterson who was excited to open doors for people in our community and the fact that this is about jobs, new jobs for people here, attracting new investment into the city and creating really amazing career opportunities. Kingston was the city that was chosen for this project because through different partnerships, Kingston has shown that they have what it takes to move forward as a country with leading edge health technology. Here in the city, we have three leading post-secondary institutions. We have dif different businesses focused surrounding health sciences and the Kingston application um, Fed Dev Ontario said that the Kingston application had legs to really hold itself together and that they, we as a city, continue to be a leader in the field of health technology so that this was um, a great choice. We are so lucky to have this happen right here in our city. The applications have been approved and $3 million has been granted. It is a non-repayable loan and all these different community partners and institutions will work with one another to make sure that the money is used um, appropriately, of course. In a press release, they said that the project will bring some of the region's most notable post-secondary and healthcare institutions together to position Kingston as a place to develop, test, and commercialize innovative healthcare solutions. So this is really great news for the city, for all the different education institutions, as well as other organizations, and we are all very excited to see what comes out of this grant. In other news, St. Lawrence Parks Commission is seeking public consultation for a new strategic plan. They have awarded a contract to MDB Insight Incorporation for the development of a five-year strategic plan and a 10-year roadmap. MDB is an experienced and respected consulting firm that will be involved throughout the strategic plan's development process, including all stakeholder engagement as well as public consultation aspects of the project. The purpose of the strategic plan is to develop a long-term strategy that will set the direction and plan to drive operational enhancements and successful implementation of new initiatives initiatives for the commission. The plan will also include cultivating sustainable environmental and financial business models that will reduce reliance on government funding. The principal objectives will focus on the SLPC's aging infrastructure, community partnerships, environmental stewardship, and optimizing resources to move the organization into the future. As part of the plan development, the SLC PC Board of Commissioners, senior staff and frontline staff, along with municipal and community partners, contributed valuable insight through facilitated discussion sessions, interviews and survey participation. The SLPC is now seeking public consultation and taking active steps to engage and collaborate with its valued customer base through the format of an online survey. You can share your vision and feedback by participating in our online survey at www.parks.on.ca slash vision. That's www.parks.on.ca slash vision. The survey will be available until February 3rd and all answers will remain strictly confidential. 
Provide insight on COVID-19's impact on local spending trends by completing the Community and Consumer Confidence Survey. A team of researchers who are working as part of the Queen's University PhD Community Initiative is working with the city to explore community and consumer confidence in Kingston during the COVID-19 pandemic. Kingston residents are invited to go online to complete a survey about changes in economic behaviours that may have been experienced due to COVID-19. Data will also be provided to local business owners to help them as they continue to adapt to the pandemic. The survey contains 21 questions which explores topics ranging from spending habits and financial planning to job security and health concerns. All questions are completely voluntarily and data will be collected anonymously. Individuals who complete the survey will also be entered in a draw to win one of five gift cards for $30 worth of downtown dollars that can be spent at participating retailers and restaurants in downtown Kingston. The PhD Community Initiative began as a pilot project in 2016 and combined students from different programs of study into interdisciplinary teams to assist the local community in addressing a particular issue or challenge. The team working on the Community and Consumer Confidence Survey consists of three students from psychology, chemical engineering, and aging and health, supported by two co-mentors from the School of Rehabilitation Therapy and Global Development Studies. There are new tools for Kingston and area job seekers that are now available. The possible Made Here website, which is a project of the City of Kingston, has just added a number of tools designed to support both job seekers and employers looking for workers. These new features include a job board that combines all the job listings from 30 job sites and is updated daily, a job map that displays job listings and can be filtered by geography, skills, job types, and duration, and a career explorer that identifies jobs by sector, level of demand, average wages, and skills required. Mayor Brian Patterson says, Part of the work undertaken by the Kingston Economic Recovery Team has been looking at our local workforce and how we can make it easier for employers to recruit the talent they need and how we can ensure that job seekers find employment in the fields they're qualified in, especially given the challenges of COVID-19. I'm pleased that we're able to introduce new tools that will support employers and job seekers and grateful to the province of Ontario and to Keys for their support in making this possible. An Ontario Labour Market Partnerships grant has enabled the City of Kingston to create these free job tools, work more closely with the Employment Ontario agencies throughout the Kingston region, and promote these resources. Gillian Waters, who is the Program Director at Keys Job Centre, said, A critical goal is to use the recovery to pivot towards a more resilient and adaptable workforce, and connecting the contributions of workers with new opportunities. Possible Made Here is a tool to support workforce resilience and adaptability into the future, and Keys is pleased to have had a supporting role in its development. That's all the news we have for you folks today. Thank you so much for tuning in to Today in YGK, and don't forget to check out the website agnes.queensu.ca for all the amazing events that we talked about earlier with Shannon Brown of the Agnes Etherington Art Center. But I hope you folks have a great rest of your week. Remember to stay safe. Remember to stay warm, especially as we head into that negative 18 degree weather. Um, and I just hope that you also have a great weekend ahead of you. Thank you so much again. You're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM. Here's your weekly traffic report for the week of January 25th to January 31st, brought to you by CFRC and the City of Kingston. Road closures are in place this week on Garrett Street near Division, closed until June 30th for construction staging. Local traffic may access Garrett Street from University Avenue. Glengarry, Portsmouth to Indian, expect short delays and possible lane closure. 
Grenadier Drive at Winfield Crescent. Expect delays while construction takes place around the Kingston East Community Center site. Flag people will be on site to direct traffic. Highway 33 east of Collins Creek Bridge to west of Coronation Boulevard. Expect delays due to construction to improve drainage. Construction barrels and flag people will direct traffic around the work zone. Jackson Mills Road near the K&P Trail reduced to one lane for roadside safety improvements but remains open in both directions. John Counter Boulevard, Princess to Indian, expect delays until the summer of 2021 while crews construct a new four-lane road and rail overpass. Princess Street, Victoria to Nelson, expect delays due to a lane reduction 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. on January 25th to accommodate a crane lifting building materials to the top of 652 Princess Street. And that's it for your weekly traffic report. For traffic and other news updates, visit cfrc.ca slash news. Thank you for listening to Today in YGK, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.